So, if you haven't spoken to Jennifer Nasubunga Makumbi, you can't sit with me. Really, I am that fucking proud. My shoulders are to the highest heavens. You really can't sit with me. I know be your meat. Let me just put that out there. Hi guys, welcome to Reads, Rex and Reviews. My name is Chemaka, your host and the Bukishiba girl. If this is your first time listening, take a sip, relax and let loose. To all of my OG listeners, you are lit. So today I'm going to be reviewing The First Woman by Jennifer Nasumbuga Makumbi. And basically, this was the only book, the only major book that I read in um, in March. And I felt that uh, it felt appropriate because it was the first book. It was the opening for my podcast. And I decided, oh, yeah, it would be great to actually, you know, give a review of the book. So I apologize first of all. Last week I really wasn't it life was hitting me bass boost from every corner, left, right, center, up and down. And I forgot that I was supposed to put up an episode. So if you were hoping I'm so sorry for disappointing, please, please and please and please stick with me. This is my first time doing this thing. It's more like I'm taking a risk. I think I'm taking a risk. But stay with me. I promise it's going to be fun really so yeah 28th of march i think it was 28 it was a sunday yes it was a sunday the indulgent book um Bible book club had its usual book chat and i mean like always treating her club book club members like royalties <laughs> oh my god she brought Mama to speak to us, and it was such an exciting moment for all of us in the book club. We even had people who were not part of the book club join us for um, the book chat, and it was fun. I swear, it was fun. We went on Twitter, and we were raving, like, totally raving. I feel like we broke the internet on Twitter. I don't care what anybody says. I'll give it to you service provider whatever so mama said something she 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 gave so many gems like there was a way there's a way she speaks there was a way she was speaking it was like yes yes it's in my soul yeah hit me with that and i was just i was just in awe she gets it was so amazing you know there's so much to unpack from this book i tell you so damn much to unpack from this book and i'm hoping that you know um it would be i mean you would enjoy this really if it will also push you if you haven't read the first woman then i think you should drop everything you are doing get your atm card or if you're using cash take an uber or take a bus whatever your means of transportation Get to your nearest bookstore and get The First Woman. So the name is The First Woman for UK Publication. 
and a girl is a body of water for the u.s publication yeah so get this book and i'm waiting for you okay so let's get right into this review um first things first as usual is to read the blurb um i don't know if i should skip this because i read the blurb in the first episode but yeah i'm going to do this again because i feel like people will not go back and read that one but anyway here it goes a dazzling feminist coming of age tale from the award-winning author of chintu for one young girl Discovering what it means to become a woman in a family, a community, and a country determined to silence her will take all the courage she has. Growing up in a small Ugandan village, Kirabo is surrounded by powerful women. Her grandmother, her aunts, her friends, her cousins are all desperate for her to conform. But Kirabo is inquisitive, headstrong, and determined. Up until now, she has been perfectly content with her life at the heart of this prosperous extended family. But as she enters her teenage years, she begins to feel the presence of the mother she has never known. The first woman follows, follows Kirabo on her journey to becoming a young woman find, and finding her place in the world as her country is transformed by the bloody dictatorship of Idi Amin. Jennifer Makumbi has written a sweeping tale of longing and rebellion, at once epic and deeply personal, steeped in an intoxicating mix of ancient Uganda folklore and modern feminism that will linger in the memory long after the final page. And true to his words, it's lingered, it has lingered, it is lingering in my mind, in my head, a lot. So, um, I started, I don't know, if you listened to my previous episode, I said that I started a book journal and it was quite, it was good that I started it with this book because I got to write down everything that I, I thought of, everything that I have, um, you know, um, everything that I wanted to say about this book, do you get? So, um, first of all, when I first started, um, when I first started TFW, the first woman, I had mixed feelings. So I was indifferent about the characters. Um, um, for Kirabo, um, Suta, Gibwa, Myro, Sio, you know, um, Moka Myro, that's Alikisia. Um, Please let me also say that this is, uh, it's not entirely a spoiler free um, review. Um, yeah, I think you need to have that in mind. <laughs> so I was indifferent. You know, there were some things that happened between Kirabo and Gibwa, and I was like, Miss Kirabo said, what did they worry her? You know, it was slow paced in the first two, um, first two, um, first two parts so the book is divided into five parts um the witch the bitch <laughs> i was laughing when i get to this place the witch the bitch utopia when the villagers were young white 
why penned hands peck each other so the first two the witch and the bitch were were actually packed with a lot of things but still they felt um it was it felt um how do i put it it felt slow paced for me really slow paced i wouldn't even lie it felt slow paced it felt like guy this boogie drag which they worry you like that sort of thing and i was i was i was entirely out of it but i had the book club members actually encourage me to pick up the book and read and i really out of curiosity too i wanted to see how it would all play out you know because I, I, I most especially i wanted to see how the feud because i thought it was a feud the feud between suta and indicisia that's mukamaru would go you know but um while still reading the first part i still um knew that um suta told the story of women so damn well like it is so refreshing how it gives meaning to all of the things that women face now and honestly it's it's um it was safe to deduce from the first part of the book that it was telling the story of women of how we came to be despised by men in my in that's what i think um i don't know how i f- i didn't know how i felt about kirabo at that point in time she was confusing and i was like i like i said i was waiting to get immersed in the book to know more about her character because you know after seeing reviews and people all just raving about her i really wanted to because she felt like a spoiled brat in the beginning you know and but i i didn't know that at the end of the first part as well that Suda was a force to be reckoned with, really. Like, and I really wanted to experience more of her, and I'm so glad that I got to experience more of of her sarcasm and wittiness, really. Um, so, uh, moving forward, um, I got to okay. So let me talk about the themes. So the themes of the book, um, uh, for what I could deduce from it. Um, I really don't know how to review books in terms of themes. I just like to enjoy them. Yeah, but the themes there was it's it's strongly a feminist book. So feminism, um, friendship, relationship, motherhood, um, family, community. Um, the theme of you know, um, yeah, basically that was it. That was basically. Those those were the themes that I could get out of the book, really. And um, let's talk about characters. I I really didn't like. I didn't like how Tom was. Tom was detached from his child. And well, he was really he wasn't really my favorite character to be honest. He was like my least favorite character, one of my least favorite characters. My favorite is Suta. Ay ay ay, that woman. She is such a. She's she's wisdom itself. I think she is wisdom personified, if that's how they say it, you know. And um, um, I got to the parts in page one twenty. I'm sorry, I always tab in these things because I needed to talk about them. And you know, I got to the part where. Um, what's it called? Um, 
um, yeah, where um, Tom took Kirabo with him to Kampala, to the city. And he already married another wife. And it was strange because I didn't even know that he married another wife. The way it was going, it didn't seem like he married another wife. And there's a twist to it, which I'm not going to say. But I feel like Kirabo's feelings were valid, if that makes sense. Her feelings were thoroughly valid. She had um, she had the the right to be upset because she felt betrayed. And honestly, I felt betrayed on her behalf. Yeah and and um i i at at that very point in time i really didn't like her stepmother no offense to her but i mean i totally understand what what after i got the twist uh, i didn't feel sorry for her again yeah so um another thing another point that um came up for me while reading was um the stigma around um girls periods like i'm so glad that the um, international community as we are we are um like everywhere around the world we're beginning to acknowledge that a woman's period is actually a biological thing and we're acknowledging that it is not something to be ashamed of you know here in nigeria sometimes I, there was this there was some um threads i saw one time on twitter about a lady who bought um, sanitary pad and you know it was in a letter and she just put it on the dashboard in the cab that she ordered and then the driver was like oh yeah you know you're not supposed to you know show and i'm like excuse me i mean if condoms can be sold glaringly and people can buy condoms guys can buy condoms without you know hiding face why can't the girl buy sanitary pad without having to without having the cashier wrap it up in five seven letters just so it's it's hidden you know i didn't like the 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 stigma around it you know and you know when a lady when a girl gets her period for the first time it's treated as something that is a thing of joy you know you know when you first get your period hey you're a woman now but at the end of the day it's still treated as something that is vile and disgusting i hate how we're all discreet especially when we're purchasing like i said especially when we're purchasing sanitary pad it is eternally irritating like I didn't like that stigma around it. It's, it's even when a lady is stained, I still feel that yes, there'll always be that form of embarrassment. Because even when I'm staying with mud, I'm always embarrassed. But you know, having to make it seem like, oh, 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 you're staying. Oh, let's hide. Let's hide. No, no, no. It's a normal thing. It's a normal phenomenon. It's, it's normal for a lady to have her period and at some point get stained. We don't have to treat it like she has a disease. Are we getting it? Yeah, that was one thing that, um, that, um, I didn't like and that was something I picked from the book. So I liked Auntie Abby, another character. She is so fucking hilarious. And the absolute best. I like when she says um that an inept husband is a life sentence. So you better know this and know peace because it makes sense if you think about <laughs> it makes sense if you think about it. But yeah, yeah, I I like Aunt Abby. I really do. I mean, I feel like she was the only one who, I don't know, 
Well, aside from Suta, grandmother, I think she also understood Kirabo. Yeah. Um, um, so, and I like the advice she gave to um, Kirabo in the second part. She says, the vagina, they were talking about the vagina, said, that is flower. Explore it, love it, find out what it is capable of before you hand it over to a man. And that's, I mean, I think that is, that is the sum of it all. In, in all honesty, that is the sum of it all. Because sometimes people don't know what to do with things when that you give to them. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, um, moving on to the third part of... Um, um the book um utopia and still talking on favorite characters you know the the third part was more or less characterized by um Kirabo's stay in school so she went to boarding school saint theresa and really i think it was the one i had tabbed more because it was nostalgic if if is that a word yeah i think that's the word it was really nostalgic thinking and got taking me back to all of the times i um you know all of the times i i went to boarding school because i went to boarding school and it was nostalgic making me remember all of the escapades and I can vividly remember my first my arrival and first couple of weeks. <laughs> I almost broke my jaw while I was climbing the top bunk, and I was the first um, first um, junior student in my in my dorm at that point. So I, I had the privilege of actually picking a down bunk. Another bunk was brought in, and I picked the down bunk with all gladness, and I was on down bunk. So now I don't know how to climb the top bunk. I bro- I legit almost broke my jaw, and it was an iron bunk. My God, as in, it was the first night. I just I climbed and I hit my jaw. I'm like, shit, who sent me what? Couldn't I have just gone to a day school? But you see, the school is is like a prestigious school. Yeah, it's called the name of the school is um the school for the gifted. And no, we're not blind. We're not handicapped or anything. It was just for people who were. Well, intelligent, I guess. And, you know, everything that happened to Kirabo in Utopia while she was in school, it made me wonder, like, why were senior students really mean? I mean, I don't think I was mean in school. Was I mean? I wasn't mean in boarding school. I mean, if you messed up, I will punish you. You get, I was a prefect. And if you messed up, I will punish you. But, being mean i mean i used to pity the boys then they were always being flogged and being i felt like they were tortured it was i just don't i didn't get it yeah i didn't get it and then i like the part where um um the senior student walks into the bathroom it's just so hilarious because and then the and then Kirabo and the rest of the um and the rest of the other junior students are just huddled together in one corner staring. I mean, it's it's when you're not used to seeing so many ne- female naked bodies in one place. It's jarring, I swear. My first time, I was just like, is it like this? I was, I was hiding to actually 
take my bath, you know, towel myself. I think I was even dressing up in the bathroom. I can't recall anymore. But you know, give yourself how many days, how many weeks, and you're already into the system. So it was, it was really hilarious, really. And I loved, I really, really, really loved um, the way she weaved everything together. And that's one thing I can say for Makumbi. Makumbi is such an excellent storyteller. You know, weaving history with fiction is so seamless. Like, so much of African history is lost. The only thing, like I always say, that I know about Idi Amin is the fact that he was a cannibal, which I think is wrong. I mean, I've checked on Wikipedia and it really doesn't give accurate, I don't think it gives accurate things. But I, I just think it's, and I like that with the, um, with the storytelling, with the writing, the, the history doesn't overshadow the book itself. It is more of a background. It is more, it is more like the foundation, something like that. Yeah. And I, like I said, a lot of our African history is lost. I said this one time, I don't know if, I can't remember where I said it, but schools need to review their curriculum their literature curriculum because there's so many books that are filled with so many things but you don't hear them you don't see them you don't get to talk about them we are not taught these histories that these books have embedded in them rather we're taught the white man's versions of of whatever of history yeah and um so um and then um, everything in the book moves on to Kirabo and Sio. You know how Sio is a feminist, and um, you know, um, the scene where they were arguing about female and male wants. The scene where they were arguing about female and male wants. Um, it was so much. It was so hated, and I figured that they both had um, a point. Yeah. And, you know, um, the point being that men have been told to do certain things because it's expected of them. And women have been told to act a certain way because it makes them appeal more to men. You know, basically, it's like women have to do things for the men, you know, because it makes them it makes the men want them. And then for the for the men, you have to. Um, oh yeah you don't have to cry you have to suck in all of your emotions because you're a man for god's sakes if you keep keeping in emotions you're going to explode and that's all i can say for that i mean and both narratives need to be scrapped and reconstructed yeah and there was something that was said profoundly in one in a page in the book so it says that when it comes to love, Nigerian men take the girls to the moon. And really, no truer words have been said, even though Nigerian men sometimes are scum. Scum of the earth. And um, I, I, I was done with um, Utopia, and I was just like, CEO is scum of the earth. That's, that's all I can say. CEO is, he, he's, just, he's just a bastard, honestly. Um, got into the fourth part. This is where I started body reading with Oinda, and you know, I got to um, I got to experience more of Suta and Alikisia. 
you know and while reading utopia i realized that giba had always been jealous of of kirabo meanwhile kirabo harbors in i mean that's how i say it. she she had a slight insecurity around Gibwa because you know Gibwa is fair she's curvy Kirabo is on the slender side and you know what happens between you know there's always that comparison between people who are skinny and curvy you know that sort of thing and it was um I, I just felt like Gibwa was such, such a jealous bitch and so undeserving of Kirabo because even right from when they were kids, she was throwing insults at Kirabo, which um, at that point, I still feel that Kirabo was a sport bra, but she didn't, the insults were not warranted. And I mean, I should have seen her true character anyways. So part four, we have Suta and Lakeisha taking us through their journey as friends, writing letters that are so beautiful. You know, Suta's way of explaining the walls and numbers is such a delight. I mean, if I was taught how to do these things the way she taught Lakeisha, I mean, <laughs> people would not have would have zero difficulty learning. And that's what I think. Yeah. And um, I found that their bond was like no other. And it made me tear up. Like, it made me tear up. And um, while they made a pact as kids, which was stupid, but you know, they're kids, it is still not uncommon for society to pit women against each other, which is something that still happens till today. An unpopular opinion from me about Alikisia and Suta's um, situation. I feel like if society, if the community and the family did not, um, you know, um, pit them against each other and try to develop a feud between them, I felt like they would have been able to work something out. I mean... I'm just saying anyways um, and then I got to the final part and I was swept away by the first see there's this thing Makumbi does either the first I mean for Chintu the first thing she did was behead somebody <laughs> Honestly, and you will not see it coming and then this last part the next thing she did was kill off a character I didn't see it coming I was wondering why would you do that? It was so sudden, so abrupt, and somehow it felt too soon because I felt that the person was always already somehow making atonement for the things that they had done. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was ah uh, no, I felt so bad for Kirabo, and um, you know, I it's it's um it's really hard grieving, like grieving is so damn hard and I really, really, really felt what Kirabo was feeling because I have felt something like that before. Losing someone, a family member close to you, it's not it's so hard. And I wonder how Jennifer wrote this part of the book, how she was able to describe the the um reaction, the emotions because you would think that oh yeah it's a joke it's a joke until that person is laid to rest is already put in the earth and then you realize oh my this is no fucking joke and then you are left to grieve afresh like it's 
it's hard it's really hard and um and then let's can we talk about kirabo's mother she is such a great a miserable bitch that's all i can say and um um to top it all i think this book it was really it was a roller coaster in my it was a roller coaster after the first two parts i mean i got into the third fourth and fifth and i was just thrown from one angle to another like it was a damn roller coaster right and it was it's it's a book that i would totally totally recommend to every every person um let me share some of my favorite quotes from the book so the first one is um beauty brings all the fine things in life but a plain girl needs her wits about her this was said by suta which holds which holds truth in it you know it's it's when a girl is fine and as you see people flocking around her but someone who is plain and just you know i mean because i think everybody is beautiful really you know so but someone who is plain she has to have her wits her emotions like with her because it's not going to be an easy thing navigating the world especially if you um have a friend who is in quotes quotes and quotes deemed finer than you are um second one is you do not realize but ancients had such an irrational fear of the nature of woman that they would try anything to keep them under control which is true like the people of old didn't understand women they their fear was like no other and they didn't know you know when you can't that is why they said women were like water like what is like it's the a girl is the body of water in my opinion that's what i think for me a girl is the body of water because you can't control water women are out of control you can't control women you can't you really can't control people generally another quote is a patriarchy that cannot make up its mind whether to fall on its knees in worship of the gateway into the world or flee the crisis the orgasmic paroxysms <laughs> This is my overall. Like this is my overall quote. It was, I was smiling while I was reading, and I'm like, oh my god, this people will not kill me. So like everything about this book is so amazing, so beautiful, so lovely, um, so, so enlightening, insightful. You know, it shows us that the um. What's it called? The the essence of friendship, even friendship, although friendship sometimes leads to betrayal. You get, but it shows us the essence of women standing for each other. It shows us the essence of motherhood. It shows us that our grandmothers. There was something um um Jennifer said. She said that we look at our grandmothers and we forget that they were once girls. Which is true. Which is true. We forget that they were girls. We forget that they actually grew up as girls. They had a childhood, but we just see them as these elderly people who are disturbing, and which is a normal thing. But you know, it was just it's something that I think that it stuck with me, and somehow it makes you appreciate your mothers. Can we talk about the the dancing under the rain? It felt like. If you're like, oh yeah, I am reborn. 
I liked that. I really liked it. I in, I looked. I, I wanted. I, I wanted to. You know, I saw myself in that. Um, um, what's it called? In that. In that light, if that makes sense. I saw myself in that light. I saw myself looking at that, and you know, there was like this book is filled with a lot of germs, really. And then um, Suta, when she was asked because she she was. She was somehow um, she was she she felt ill, so she was asked, "How do you feel after dancing under the rain?" Kirabo asked her, "How do you feel?" And she replied, "Life has returned." Like I had goosebumps. I had goosebumps, and then there was something else said. Um, let me just read this um, entire um, paragraph or a passage. It said, "No sting was taken." If we exercise in hiding our bodies, we allow the myths to stay. But taking away the myths takes the little power some women have. It is dangerous keeping feminine power down there. Feminine power down there. Whether it's in myths or in mystery, we put a target on our bodies. Sooner or later, they come to read. Unless you do not hear about the women raped during the war. So this was talking about, you know... Um, talking about our bodies and it made so much sense because you know when you try to keep the power we have down you know it puts it's it's it puts a target on us you know just because we have a vagina it already puts a target on us and people already like oh the already men already feel entitled to our bodies you, that's why you walk on the road and someone is touching your arm and then when you tell them do not touch me and they like oh why are you shouting wait till they worry you you they do like say and it just makes me wonder what if witchcraft was rampant i mean witchcraft i think is rampant what, what if what if <sighs> i don't know i don't know but this book i think that everybody should read it male and female young and old it should be in our schools it should be everywhere it should be we should be spreading the awareness of this books of this book um it is a major part of feminism in my opinion and jennifer nasubuga makumbi did not fail to deliver she gave it her all she wrote this book she scattered it she wrote pieces my raising five star yes five star obviously it's five star i couldn't give it any less thank you so much for listening to today's episode i hope you enjoyed all my rants and bands on the first woman um get yourself a copy it is the first woman in uk and a girl is the body of water in the u.s if you like this podcast, if you enjoyed this, if you found it really helpful, please share to all of your friends and subscribe. Um, what else did he say? Leave me voice messages. If you have book recommendations you would like me to read, please leave them for me. And I would do so till my next episode. I remain Chiamaka, your host and the Bukishiba girl. Adios. Mm-hmm.